Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of Relationship Radio. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing itstartswithattraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to itstartswithattraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. We hear from people who say things like this. My spouse is involved with another person, but my spouse is also involved with me. I don't know exactly what to do about this. Is this something other people face? And we say, yes, it is. As a matter of fact, we have a name for it. We call it the valley. If you'd like to know about the valley, stay with us while we explain it, and then talk to some people who have questions about it. This is Relationship Radio, an extension of Marriage Helper International. Hosted by renowned marriage and relationship expert, Dr. Joe Beam, and the CEO of Marriage Helper, Kimberly Holmes. We answer your questions directly with research-based principles that you can implement immediately. Regardless of the situation, what we teach will not only make your relationships better, but will also help you to become the best version of yourself along the way. Be sure to subscribe to this YouTube channel and click the bell to be notified every time we release new content. If you have a relationship question, follow the link in the description to see which topic is up for discussion this week. We can't wait to answer your questions and have you join our community. Turn up the volume and prepare to take notes as we begin this week's episode of Relationship Radio. Hi, I'm Dr. Joe Beam. This is also Kimberly Holmes, our CEO of MH International, who guides us and leads us as we help people. Hi, Kimberly. How are you today? I am doing well. How are you doing today? I am doing extremely well. Thank you. Great. Well, Joe, so this concept of the valley, I will say we have people ask questions about it all of the time. Mm-hmm. Is my spouse in the valley? Where are they on the valley? Which hill are they beginning to ascend? And we, again, this really depends on what each person's situation is, but let's back up even further than that to what does the valley mean? I mean, you said it's if your spouse wants to be with you and be with someone else, but does it always have to do with an affair? No, it actually could be with some other draw instead. As far as I know, we're the only one who talks about the valley. It was a, a phrase we coined some time back to try to explain those people who feel like they don't have to make a decision. And so here I am involved. It could be I'm involved in something else, like a different lifestyle that's very detrimental to my marriage. It could be that I'm involved with another person, which is the one we hear the most often, of course. But it could be gambling. It could be drugs. It could be anything. Yet here I am doing this thing that's really affecting our marriage very ne- negatively to the point where it appears that our marriage is going to end because I'm going to leave you for that person or that thing. Yet at the same time, I'm maintaining some kind of a relationship with you. And that's what's so confusing to people who are in the valley. It's like I I see signs that he or she wants to move away. As a matter of fact, things they do that are very painful to me involving that other person, for example. But at the same time, then I see these signs as if he or she wants to be with me. And it's somewhat confusing. And so that's why we came up with the word the valley. The valley is like they're in between two things and they don't feel that right now they have to make a choice between the two. In a sense, they're kind of getting at least part of both worlds, if not the best of both worlds. Mm. One of the things coming to mind here for me is, so how does this translate to boundaries? And here's what I mean by that. If my husband were doing something where he's being pulled by something else and not fully in my marriage, then the tendency is like set a boundary, get him to make a choice. Is it healthy? Should we allow our spouse to be in a valley like that? Or should we force them to choose and set a boundary for ourselves? And that's a very, very good question, which when we get to the callers in a couple of minutes, we're going to actually hear some questions they have about that so we can talk about it more specifically. But you see, if you decide to do what we used to call boundaries, we now call stops. Stop, S-T-O-P, stands for safeguard that offers protection. 
We quit using the word boundaries because so many people actually begin to use that as a method to try to control the other person and control is going to turn out bad every time. And so a stop, a safeguard that offers protection. Now, if you set one of those and the other person is in violation of that stop, then of course you're going to have to do something. There has to be some kind of a consequence. And so you might be thinking, okay, if my husband is involved with this other woman and the fact that he still sees her and I know he's seeing her, but he's still living at home. Or he's coming by once a week and, and visiting with us and having dinner, eating with the kids and me and acting as if nothing's wrong. Do I set a stop where I say, mm, no, you can't come here anymore? Or no, do I go ahead and do something else like a continuing our relationship uh, essential? That's what we call a core, C-O-R-E, continuing our relationship essential, where I'm going to say either you're going to do this or some bad thing's going to happen. So either something I want to stop or something I want to start. And at any point, you can do that. But here's the valley. Our recommendation, and of course, you always do what you think is best for you. We don't know all your situations and all the things that you face, all the consequences. Therefore, only you can make those decisions and be wary of anybody who tells you what to do. But we talk about the valley as being, hmm, this is a situation that's not pleasant. Not at all. It's painful because of the fact that your husband or wife is doing this thing, being involved. And we're going to talk mostly, Kimberly, about being involved with another person. So be involved with another person. Now, if you want to go ahead and set the stops or cores and put an end to it right now, you can. But there is value if you can pull it off, if you can do it. There is value in sometimes allowing your spouse to be in the valley for a while. And we're happy to explain that and even to know when it's time to finally pull the plug to to make the stop or the boundary, you call it. But there also can be value if sometimes you don't set that stop yet. Now, that doesn't mean, of course, ignore essential stops. If your spouse is getting drunk every night, then maybe that's a stop you've got to do anyway, no matter what. Am I making this more confused or making it uh, simpler to understand? Which is it? You're making it simpler to understand because we're not necessarily talking here about if your spouse is being pulled away by an addiction or a bad behavior that is making you or your relationship unsafe or unwilling to work towards, are we? No, no, because if if uh, if my spouse were getting drunk and putting the kids in the car and driving, there's no there's no valley there. It's going to be no. We're going to put a stop to that right away. That's bad. If my spouse is getting high on cocaine every night and all kinds of things like that, then no, no, I'm going to say that, that I've got to put a stop there. So if I have to put a stop, yes, we're going to do it. We're talking about okay, your spouse is doing something that's painful to you. And that's why we mostly talk about it in context of another person. So mm-hmm. here, here's your wife. And she's involved with this other guy, but also wanted to live at home. And you know that when she goes out, sometimes that she sees him and you're thinking, okay, do I just stop that right now? Which you can, or do I let that valley go on for a little while? And if so, why and how? Mm-hmm. So good. And this is going to be even clearer to our listeners as they hear the questions that real people have about their real situations. And we explain how the Valley works and give some guidance into their situation. So let's listen to the first caller. Yes. And that first caller is a woman who's talking about her husband who's involved with a woman in another country. It becomes very interesting. Let's hear what she has to say. Um, my husband is a you know, I'm with a person in China. We've been married for 32 years. Um, both young, 70, 19. He had numerous affairs before. Um, he left home in October to be with her. Um, but he had a panic attack on that weekend. He left. Uh, the whole time he um, was texting me, phoning me, um, just keeping me in his life. Um, he came home in November. And uh, from day one, he just seemed to be very distant. Even I tried to kiss him. He didn't want me to, he didn't want to return it. And he said something could make him love me again. Um, but yet he's always texting me saying that he loves me. And then we spent his birthday in November and my 50th birthday, we went for a getaway, birth surprise party. And on the last day of that seven days, he, I caught him uh, texting her and he said, yes, that he still has feelings for her and that he, when he's with me, he's thinking of her and he wants to be with her all the time. Um, so he left when we came back from that trip, um, spent Christmas with her, New Year, but the whole time he was texting me, bought me a gift for Christmas, 
kept saying that yeah, I'm his soulmate, that he loves me very much, and that he will come back to me and he'll break the chains with her. Um, and, you know, I really thought this was it. He gave up his rental. You know, we we sold a few things, just a few things, but now it stopped. And uh, But now we're in that same thing as when he got home. The biggest summary is her husband is definitely in the valley, and here's why. <laughs> so he has been involved he has been involved on and off for several years with another woman. And I mean, to the point where sometimes he will be home with his wife, then he will leave and go be with this other woman. And it's most recently showed up where uh, right before Christmas, I believe was her 50th birthday and her and her husband, plus a group of friends went out uh, for a trip, a seven day vacation, which he went with her. But the whole time he was there, he was talking about this other woman how much he loved her, how he wanted to go be with her. So when they got back from the birthday vacation, he left and he went and stayed with the other woman through the holiday season. But then during the holiday season was saying to his wife, you're my soulmate. I want, I'm going to end this. I'm going to come back to you. And that's pretty much where it ended. So she, I'm assuming her question here is going to be, what do I believe? And what do I do? Because Complete Jekyll and Hyde. Like, what's going on? Okay, I get that. You see, if a person is totally involved in the other person and just living in your home, it's not really the value. Because it's like, I'm here, but we're having no conversation. We're having no relationship of any kind whatsoever. That's not really a valley. It's all about, it's convenient to be here while I'm involved with her over there. But this situation appears to be a valley in the sense that he does genuinely uh, vacillate, or at least he says he vacillates. Let's just assume he's telling the truth. You have to make your own decision about what you do and what you don't do. Here's what we recommend. If you decide to let a person stay in the valley for a while, this is not long term. It's definitely not forever. But if you decide to let the person stay in the valley for a while, we suggest that you only do so if progress is also being made in reestablishing a relationship with you. As we just mentioned, if it's just a convenient thing, they're living in the house or they come out to see the kids and barely talk to me, then that's not really having a relationship with you per se. The relationship really is with the other person. To be in the valley, you're kind of going this direction and this direction, over here and over here. And so this guy is, he comes to be with her, his wife, and he wants to talk to the other woman. And then, and then he comes back and tells his wife, but you're my soulmate. I don't want to lose you. And so the determining factor would be for her. And, and remember, <laughs> Kimberly, we tell people all the time this, and I know that you agree. What we teach is more of an art than a science. What I mean by that is that you don't always have the definitive thing like when this happens, I do this. Sometimes you have to just kind of play it by ear and be guided. So in this particular situation, now, knowing no more about it than we do, what do you think? Do you think he's actually moving back toward his wife or is he continually moving further and further away from his wife? Now, we can't know, but based on what we heard from her. If what she says is 100 percent true, then my inclination here is he's truly vacillating because he really seems to be confused in each situation. Mm -hmm. Okay. It sounded that way to me, but with my hearing difficulties, I didn't hear every word, but it sounded that way to me. Now, let me give you the pros and the cons of that. If he's truly vacillating, then allowing him, no, allowing is the wrong word. Let me take that back. Not doing something to pull the plug, not doing something to create a stop right now can be to your advantage if he's making progress with you. But if there's no progress being made with you, If he's just moving further and further away, my question would be, then why stay in this particular situation? It doesn't appear to me that there's anything that you're gaining. And so if he is continuing to move toward you, he really does love you as a soulmate, even though he's confused and involved with this other person over here. That's definitely the valley. Now, if you decide to do a stop, the question might become, well, when do you do it? You don't do a stop thinking this is what's going to straighten him out. Kimberly, why don't we tell people that, that if you're going to threaten divorce or this kind of stuff, thinking it's going to straighten the other person out, why is that typically not a good idea? Well, because if it doesn't work, then you have committed that that is the follow through you're going to do. I mean, it's just like with children. And of course, I, I, I laugh when I compare marriage to children because part of it is very similar, but 
we're also grown adults. So, <laughs> but with your children, it gets worse if you throw out consequences to their actions and then they do it. And then you say, okay, I'm going to let it slide this time, but next time, because you weren't really willing to do it when you said it, you have to be willing to do what you say. And the other part of it is that you need to be willing and ready to realize that they may not care. They may not care about the ultimatum you put out. So is it really something that you want to put out there right now? Yeah, they may not care. And even if they do care, they may just flip a coin as to which way they go. Like, you know, here's your ultimatum. Well, if they don't care, then you know what they're going to decide. If they do care, uh, which way are they going to lean? Which way are they going to go? And so please hear what Kimberly said. If you're going to do that, be sure that you're ready to enforce the stop. If the stop is, if you keep talking to her, I'm going to see an attorney. We're going to start talking about a divorce. Then you have to follow through with that or else you lose all authority and being able to be reputable with what you say after this. And, and you don't want to diminish that. Trust me, you don't want to diminish that. You want to be heard as somebody who is serious and sincere and will do whatever he or she says that, that, that you will do. Now, so therefore, if you're going to use this as, mm, I'm going to make the threat because I think it'll straighten him up. A lot of danger in that. If you're going to make the threat, as Kimberly said, you've got to be willing to follow it through. Now, on the other hand, because of the fact that he's doing these, this woman is obviously emotionally disturbed by this. I don't mean like psychologically disturbed. I mean, like our hearts breaking, like this is painful. How long do I have to put up with this? You don't have to put up with it at all. Isn't that right, Kimberly? They can make a decision anytime they wish to end this thing. Absolutely. You can a hundred percent, but even going back to what you were just saying of, if you're going to put an ultimatum in place, if you're going to put a decision, encourage them to make some kind of decision, I would say to both of those things, pause and wait, even before, I mean, take a day two, maybe even a week, maybe even a month, because it's really easy in the moment to think, oh, this is exactly what I want to do. I'm going to tell him this right now. I'm going to tell her this, get her to make a decision. I just know it's right because it will relieve our emotional pain. And same thing about leaving. Same thing about saying, I'm done. I'm not taking this anymore. Well, in a moment of passion and anger, absolutely, that's how you feel. And you will probably regret it tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Probably so. And if not tomorrow, maybe next week. So we really encourage people to, to think about this. Don't just throw your words out there. Realize your words mean something. So do your actions. So make sure that you are thoughtful about doing them. Right. Now, I know it hurts. Kimberly knows it hurts. We understand this. We deal with people in pain every day, particularly pain coming from a spouse who is not indicating or demonstrating love toward them anymore. I mean, we get that that hurts a lot. But if you're going to make a decision off the fact that it hurts, then maybe there's a better way to look at it. Now, we talk about a thing called pies. I'll ask Kimberly to explain it in a minute. And, and we'll actually start going to other calls as well. But I want to lay out some more principles before we leave this one. And when she explains pies, I'm going to come back and give you kind of a, a rule of thumb, if you will, an idea about how you can actually think about what we call pies. And if that's a new phrase for you, you're probably thinking that makes no sense at all, pies. But we'll explain pies to you. And then I'm going to show you how you can kind of judge some things there about when it may be time to put the stop. Time to say, nope, we're not going to allow it, the valley to happen anymore. Okay, Kimberly, so can you give them a, a brief understanding of pies? You're the pies expert. Pies expert. And that doesn't mean I can bake. <laughs> you, you, but you run Pies University, right? I do. I do run Pies University, which I'll explain what that means in a minute. You, as you were saying, I mean, even before the words came out of your mouth, when you said, if this is what you're focused on, it's breaking your heart. I was thinking, and that's the reason that we have the pies, which basically means pies is the opportunity for you to work on becoming the best that you can be. Because we know that the process of falling in love or the process of falling back in love with your spouse or your spouse falling back in love with you begins with attraction. And there are four types of attraction, physical, intellectual, emotional, and spiritual. 
The four of those together compose the pies, which are even yummier than blackberry or chocolate. They are better for you and all of the things. And this is what I love about what we do, because it's more than just marriages. This is about making relationships better. It's about making you better. And really, when you start working on yourself, becoming the best you can be physically, intellectually, emotionally, spiritually, Mm -hmm. then you win. Like no matter what happens in your relationship, you're going to come out the other side being a better person. Now I could go, I don't have time to really go into what each of these aspects of the pies are here, but I encourage you to go and check out a linked YouTube video that we'll be sure to put here. But also I have a podcast. So if you're listening to this as a podcast, you can go to, it starts with attraction and listen to the first episode. And that is where I break down every single part of the pies in about 30 minutes what they all mean, how you can start applying them in your life and subscribe to that podcast for, for more of that personal development help. And so it starts with attraction. How do they find that? Is that, is it like it starts with attraction.com? I mean, what is this? Yes. You can go to it starts with attraction.com and see all the things you can see all the podcast episodes. I also have a 30 day course called your best self, where I break down, here's what you can do every single day for 30 days. Uh, in order to become a better you and focus on yourself. So people can get that there, but they can also subscribe and listen to the podcast anywhere they listen to podcasts, Apple, Google, uh, Audible, Pandora, Spotify, all the places. Mm-hmm. Now, when I talk about pies, and, and it definitely is part of attraction, there's no doubt about that there, but pies also is a way to encompass the whole being, physically, mm-hmm. intellectually, emotionally, spiritually. If you want to say it a different way, it could be body, mind, heart, and soul. It encompasses all of us. Now you say, okay, somehow we shifted off to attraction, and that's what you're telling me I should think about when I decide whether to let the, the, the valley continue for a while? No. We just explain pies in terms of attraction because that's the easiest way to understand it. But when it comes to deciding whether or not to stop the valley, our rule of thumb would be this. Not asking if it, yourself if it hurts, because we know it hurts, but ask yourself if it's doing damage. So if allowing this to continue as it is right now, if it's causing me physical damage or physical damage to my children, if you have children, or even physical damage to my spouse. And you might be saying, you mean like if he's beating us? Well, obviously, that would be a big one. And we'd say put a stop to that immediately, no matter what. But I'm talking about the fact if you find that your health or your children's health or even your spouse's health is beginning to fail because of the stress you're going through, the way it's affecting your immune system, you're not being able to sleep, you're not being able to eat like you should, those kinds of things, then at this point, it's not just hurting in terms of emotional pain, it's hurting you physically, and that can lead to lots of bad things. Intellectual, now not just that it hurts, but damage being done. If you find where it's now difficult for you to do your work, not for a day or two, we all get befuddled a little bit, but you can't do the things that you normally do, like go to work, do the things you need to do, keep your job. In other words, you're so messed up with this right now that you might be terminated from your employment because you're not doing well. Or if you are a homemaker that you find yourself leaving things undone that are very important to do, you're forgetting to turn off that gas stove and other things like that. Then or you're becoming so confused that when you get in the car to go somewhere, you get about a mile away from your house and think, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what I'm doing. That's intellectual harm. Emotional harm. Again, we know this hurts, but it's emotionally harmful when you start experiencing things like depression. Now, not just a little bit of depression. There are ways to actually measure depression to see if it's a real problem or not. And if you don't know exactly how to do that, then you can contact us at marriagehelper.com. And and you can contact one of our client representatives who can send you a thing called the PHQ-9. It's sent for public health questionnaire, nine-question version. It's not ours. It's in the public domain out there. But things like that can help you get an idea as to whether or not it's causing you depression or ultimate anxiety where you're just scared and worried all the time that your emotions are getting beyond your control to the point that it's beginning to affect your relationship with other people like your children, your parents, your siblings, your friends, anybody like that. And spiritually, is any damage being done there? Not just the fact that it hurts, but It has to do with your own beliefs and values. Do you find that your beliefs and values are changing in a negative fashion because of the situation that you're in? 
So, for example, if you believe in God, but now you're getting angrier and angry at him and don't want anything to do with him anymore. If you have a certain morality set, like I believe this is right and this is wrong, but all of a sudden that's becoming really, not all of a sudden, it could happen gradually, but it becomes fuzzy where you start doing things that just a few weeks ago you would have said I would never do before, then that's causing harm. That's damage. So damage to you, to your children, if they're involved, even to your spouse. Now, at those points, that's when we would suggest it's time for the stop. It's time to put an end to the valley because of the fact that hurt is one thing. We can heal from the hurt of the pain of the relationship one way or the other. But when it starts hurting you physically, intellectually, emotionally, spiritually, or any combination thereof, we're yeah. saying, okay, the damage is, is likely to be more than you need it to be and want it to be. This can be some long-term consequence. And so, therefore, that would be the time we would suggest that you say, okay, it's time then to set the stop. Now, again, that's more of an art than a science. Kimberly, did I make that even more confusing? I'm sorry. No, it's not. It's not more confusing. It's confusing situations because every situation is is different. And so people have to. So this is where we as the givers of information just have to trust that people use sound judgment to apply this well to their lives. Right. Because the last thing that we want to do is someone to say, I gave up too soon mm -hmm. or to some, for someone to say, I'm, I have been emotionally damaged, right? Like you have to, each person has to find that line within themselves. And this is where really the help of a coach, if you have a good counselor that you're going to, that's helpful. Uh, make sure they're pro marriage, but yeah. otherwise our coaches are going to be that non-biased party who could help assess is this the right time? Because they'll be able to hear more about the situation, the reactions, what's going on, and and ask you how how you're doing. Because there are coping skills you can use before there, right? Like before things can get that bad mm -hmm. for, for a lot of people. But then for some people, it's just so emotionally tumultuous. Right. And, and we can't give that information in this context. You know, when you were talking, Kimberly, I remember a woman I met in the great state of California a few years ago that was so bitter. She was long since out of the marriage, but so much damage had been done to her intellectually and emotionally that mm -hmm. she was still raging about the bitterness she felt. You can stay to the point where you're damaged or where your children are damaged, and, and we're not recommending that. And our coaches are not counselors or therapists, and they will not tell you what to do. But as you can see on the screen, it'll tell you how to contact one of our client representatives to talk about our coaches. But they'll ask you questions and help you think through. Now, Kimberly, we have several more callers out there, and I've talked way long, so we, we need to get to the next call. And we have a couple of calls about, okay, if we're in the valley and my spouse still wants to be intimate with me, should I do that? Mm. Let's listen to that. I have a question about having sex with an unfaithful spouse. Um, my husband officially left me about a month ago, and then he returned back um, with a false start about two weeks ago and has since then been seeing his girlfriend, um, who was the one he'd originally left me for. My question is, the past couple of weeks, he's been spending a couple of nights home, and then he doesn't sleep at home the rest of the week. And even when he does sleep at home, he still talks to this other woman. And I am positive that they are still sexual. My question to you is, do I put down the boundary of that we can't have sex as man and wife until it is just he and I, and he has stopped this relationship with this other woman or do I allow him to have sex with me even while I know he's being sexual with this other woman? I know that there are many benefits of having sex as a married couple, but I feel like if that boundary is not in place, then he feels that he can just continue to use me as a doormat and have sex with me, his wife, and sex with his girlfriend. But the other part of me also knows that if we do have sex, that it could bring us closer. And then if I do cut off the sex, that that's another reason that he's going to find something in this other woman that he's not finding in his own marriage. So I'm just wondering, I mean, I did tell him last week that we could only ever have sex again 
if it was really just he and I, and I feel like it's important to stick to that boundary. But now I'm also wondering if maybe we should have a conversation about it. Kimberly, we get that question a lot. As a matter of fact, we have a couple, but uh, because we're running out of time, I don't think we'll actually play the second one in this particular podcast because this woman pretty well covers the gamut there. So what do you think? Again, I think this is a personal decision and there's a lot of things to take into consideration. I know that we've done a YouTube video about this that goes way more in depth, but the kind of the overarching principle here is what's your motive and how are you going to feel when it's done? Are you, are you going to feel used sleazy? Are you doing it because you want to, or are you doing it just because you feel like you have to in order to keep him? And if that's the case, you're probably not going to feel as good about it afterward. I think you can say it much more eloquently than I can, but it's going to depend on how the person will feel about themselves afterward. That has a lot to do with it. I agree. And Kimberly and I did about a 20 or 30 minute video on this. It's on our YouTube channel. Uh, that's at YouTube dot. Well, tell them how to find that. I always get confused by these. Yeah, things. you can. I mean, you can find it. And of course, everyone should, should subscribe to our marriage helper channel on YouTube. So YouTube.com slash marriage helper, but it'll also be in the show notes. So whether you're listening on YouTube right now or in a podcast function, then you'll be able to go through the show notes and click the link and, and go straight to it. But if you decide to subscribe to that YouTube channel, it actually helps us help more people because more people can find us if you do that. And there's a much longer video there where Kimberly and I talked specifically about this. But let's talk about it in terms of the valley. Now, she kind of went from one side to the other and then back again to that question. Like, you know, I know there's value that can come and there is. And and without getting into everything in that other video you can find right there on YouTube, let me just go ahead and say, yeah, there can be value because of the fact that during sex, the touching, the cuddling, the kissing, if those kind of things are happening, actually do produce oxytocin, which is a bonding chemical. And an orgasm, both males and females, produce a copious amount of oxytocin in two ways, into the autonomic nervous system and also into the bloodstream as a hormone. And yes, that can be very much bonding. But it comes back to this other thing. First of all, remember that the purpose of letting someone stay in the valley for a little while not, in other words, putting this stop out there, is if you believe that they're making progress toward you, if they're coming toward you. Because if everything's going the other direction, then mm. then why would you not put the stop out there? It's mm. only holding back on the stop for a while if you feel they're moving toward you. Now, the fact that he wants to make love to you, mm. does that necessarily mean he's moving toward you? We can't know that because we don't know his heart. And you can't know that unless he tells you, and if he tells you the truth when he tells you. And Mm -hmm. so as Kimberly said, you're going to have to make an assessment. Okay, am I doing this because I think that somehow it will lead him back here, and that's my main motivation? You may well end up really disappointed and aggravated and frustrated with yourself, because you may wind up thinking, I have used my body in kind of a manipulative way, and that leads me to not feel good about myself. And we would recommend that you don't do things that lead you to feel badly about yourself. Mm-hmm. If you love him, if you get sexual satisfaction out of having sex with him, if you do that and you want to do it, even though you know he's still involved with the other woman, you're married to him and you have the right. But if you think that's going to be some kind of a magic charm that's going to fix things, it won't. But mm-hmm. right here with that question, we have one other thing. She's already told him she wouldn't. So what happens if she decides to go back and say, well, let's revisit that. Maybe I was wrong. What kind of message might that give? Well, that changes things. It sends the message that he can convince her to do otherwise. And I don't know that that's going to be helpful either. And this is the hard part, right? Like what we were just talking about a question ago be sure that you are going to follow through with what you say, because there could come a time like this situation where he then does come back and he does want to have sex. And you're thinking, well, dang it. I've already said no. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, but but she didn't do that. She didn't think it through ahead of time, or at least not that we know of, because she reacted and said, if you're going to have sex with her, you can't have sex with me. And she laid down that law. Now she's saying, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Maybe I should change it. What are the pros and cons if she decides to change that? Well, 
So I'm just sitting here thinking, you know, people could take this to where they say, okay, well, if I don't just have full intercourse, like if we do, it maybe I can just change what that looks like. Kind of like I'll do this and not that. I wouldn't count on that. No, I don't think that would be a good idea. But this might be what people think. Like I'm not going to, it's a, the heart versus the spirit of the, like the letter of the law versus the spirit of the law. So in this case, she could go to, wait, you asked me what are the pros and cons. So the pros and cons, a pro of her giving in and going back on it is they're able to connect, right? So they're able to, to connect. Maybe it ends up going well. Maybe it satisfies her in a way. Maybe it brings him a little bit, you know, they bond. All of those things you just said is a positive. Mm-hmm. The con is, does he receive the message that she's not going to follow through with what she says, which is a pretty big con. Big pretty big so then could it be an option that she goes to him and says i said this and i meant it um but then tries to compromise like is there a compromise here in my opinion i would not if i were she Mm -hmm. i would not go to him at all i would wait Mm -hmm. to see if he brings it up again and if you were to bring it up again, if I were she, and again, this is not telling you what to do. I'm telling you what I would do if I were in that situation, but you have to decide for you. I'm not telling you what to do. But in that situation, if he were to come back and bring it up again, like I really want to make love to you, I would turn that into a conversation. Tell me why. Well, mm. Because of this, that, and the other. Well, I understand that part of that will be for sexual fulfillment. But I want to know how much of that is about sex and how much is that about connecting with me emotionally. Can you help me understand that? And and you could actually, if he comes back telling you again, he wants to make love to you, turn it into a conversation where you listen, where you understand, don't attack him, don't get mad, don't yell at him, don't let him do the same either. And if that happens, then that conversation can turn into a really good conversation about what's going on. Well, if that's what you want from me, this emotional connection, not just sex, I understand there's going to be a sexual fulfillment in it. But if it's also because you want to connect with me, how can you connect with two of us? I mean, if you're connecting with her, I'm I'm listening. Help me understand. Mm -hmm. If through that conversation, they get to a point where she says, okay, based on what you have said, I'll reconsider for this period of time. Then that way she probably doesn't lose what she Mm -hmm. will lose if she just goes to him and says, well, I've rethought that. Let's go ahead and make love. Because once you get the message that I'll make a stand, but then I'm going to change the stand. Mm. it's hard to make any more stands about yeah. anything. And and you basically set a stop. You basically did it. If you abandon it, then it's going to make it very, very difficult to make any more stops. And so you can do that if you wish. It's your life. You can make whatever decision you want. But in that situation, I would suggest you seriously think through not going to him about it at all. But if he comes to you having the conversation I just had. I think there's another point here, which is it's not – if you, if you break what you say, it's not just going to be difficult for the other person to think you'll follow through in the future, but yourself, you won't trust yourself to follow through. That's right. That's right. Kimberly, we may have time just very quickly that one other question about intimacy. Just a second. Let's see what, uh, what that has to say. Dr. Joe Beam and Kimberly Holmes will be back in just a moment to answer more of your questions. You won't want to miss it. I wanted to let you know that if your spouse has disengaged, wants out, or has asked for a divorce, and you're trying to get them back, we have a free mini course for you. This course teaches you what to do, what not to do, and gives you a roadmap for what to do next in order to get your spouse to open up and want to work on your marriage. If anything works, this will. Follow the link on the screen or in the description to get access to the free mini course today. My husband left in May of last year. Um, He moved in with another woman. And um, for the few months following May, you know, he really didn't want to have anything to do with me. But now it's to the point where he is. He asks if it's too late for him to come back home. He'll come over. Um, we'll have sex, um, and, you know, it, it seems as if he wants to come back, but then he 
goes, he ends up going back um, with this other woman. And this cycle has continued probably three, maybe three or four times. And so just trying to see if, if it's anything that I'm doing that's encouraging this behavior by allowing, well, basically allowing him to come and go as he please. So I want to know if that's something that I should stop doing. You know, when she gets that description, Kimberly, it makes it appear that uh, all is not well in paradise. What I mean by that is he left her for this other woman thinking it was going to be his paradise. Well, I'm going to go over here. Who This is who I want to be with. But something is not fulfilling over there. Okay, mm. but there's still a connection because he he does go back. There's still a connection. So that that connection with another person has not broken, but it's definitely weakened because mm. of the fact that he now is coming back to see you. And, mm. and so that's actually a good sign. And this is a really classic case of Valley then. Hmm. He's actually moving toward me. Should I allow him to move toward me? So how can people tell if they're being used? I don't know that you always can. Mm. Okay. So what you have to decide, I think, is whether or not you are getting what you want out of it. Like you were talking about earlier with the previous caller. If she's mm-hmm. saying, okay, I'm getting sexual fulfillment and I want that. I'm yeah. having a connection with him and I want that. Then even if he were using her, mm-hmm. then at least she's not losing altogether. There are things that she gains from it. If she's doing it only because she thinks it's going to bring him back and, and that she's just going to be at his beck and call, then if she discovers that it, it was just a temporary thing, then she's definitely going to feel used. Like, I, I didn't do this at all for me. I did it for you. So I would suggest you can't always know if they're using it. So make sure that you are getting what you want or need out of this. Now, with both of these callers, we need to remind you of one thing, and that's this. In in the days of uh, sexually transmitted diseases, you need to factor that in as a consideration if you're going to have sex with a husband who's also having sex with somebody else. I mean, you do understand that does increase the possibility that you can wind up getting some kind of an STD. Now, some of them. You can deal with, you know, various antibiotics. Some of them can kill you. And so think those things through as well. Like, mm, am I being safe? Now, if you're practicing safe sex whenever he comes around, like a condom and those kinds of things, then that's good. It's not 100% safe, but that makes it a whole lot better. But consider that factor in there as well. Mm-hmm. Now, this woman <clears throat> actually is seeing her husband make progress toward her. Mm-hmm. If we give the prior uh, consideration again, like, okay, are you being damaged, not mm-hmm. hurt, but damaged physically, intellectually, emotionally, spiritually, then we would say it's time to put the stop up. It's time to stop this behavior. And so with her, I wouldn't know exactly what to advise her. We don't tell people what to do, but right. except to say, consider everything we've said so far. But what else would you say to her? Well, I would say she asked an interesting question at the end, or is there something I should stop doing? Like, what do I need to do or what do I need to stop doing? I think it's good. Number one, that she's asking these questions. She's seeing it through that lens. She's, she's assessing the situation and seeing what her part could be in it. Mm-hmm. And so if the, if he's moving toward her, I wouldn't shut him out. I wouldn't stop him from coming over. I would allow those progress to keep happening. I would tell her that, I would honestly tell her to stay strong. And it seems like what she's doing is working Mm. and double down on, on those things. Again, we always go back to work on yourself, work on your pies, because one of the things we didn't mention earlier, when we were talking about the pies, we said pies are a great way to not just distract you because there's so much more than that, but it gives you something else to focus on when your heart is, is hurting. But the other thing pies does is it makes you more attractive, right? And if your spouse is in the Valley, you want to attract them back to you. You want them to see you as the better option, not because that's the comparison you're putting yourself against, but because you just want to be the most attractive that you can be. And when you are, then you're the more attractive option. At least that's the hope. So as we say at Marriage Helper, people won't leave what they have unless they believe what they're going to is better. And the other thing we always say is if anything works, this will. Now, Meaning, What you're saying there is very true. You're not competing with the other person. And, and if you don't want to attract him back, 
we're not saying you have to. This is not about, oh, poor, desperate me. I've got to have my spouse back. This is you being strong. Kimberly is very important. She just said that. I hope you heard it. This is about being strong, not because you're weak and begging. You're strong. And you always have the right to tell the other person, "Mm, that's it. I'm done. We're going to put the stop up. This is the end of these things. But if you do it strong and you work on these things, what you were just saying is people don't leave what they have unless they believe what they're going to is better. Right? So absolutely, the best you you can be. Yeah, exactly. And so in this situation with her, he's already seeing progress. We're seeing that's an option. If she, so if she were to be overanalyzing her marriage right now and every action of his, I would say, stop doing that. But I don't know that she's doing that. And it said, start just continuing to be the most attractive you can be when he does come around have great conversation, have fun together. Don't always just talk about yeah. the you or the other woman. And don't let it always be a booty call. If he's yeah. just coming for sex, that's the more likely way of you just being used. But no, mm-hmm. Kimberly just made a good point. You know, go on a date together, do some fun things together, et cetera. And that conversation, the same kind of conversation we were mentioning to the other caller. Why do you want to make love to me? Now, he did ask you, based on what you said, if it was too late. That means he's contemplating coming back. So don't make it a pressure conversation like it's time to put up or shut up. Don't do that. Don't make it sound like you're trying to sell him a used car. What will it take to get you in here today? Not that kind of stuff, but just to say, okay, you're coming to make love to me, but you're also wanting to go back to her. Can you help me understand why you want to make love to me? And in the right time and right place, that conversation can be exceptionally deep if you allow it to without pushing and, and help him think things through. Because if he's asked you, is it too late to come back? And he's coming to see you, even if he's still going back to see her, which means he's still connected over there. He is definitely vacillating big time. And sometimes just by leading him in, leading him is the wrong word, asking him questions that help a conversation happen where he can really open his heart. Here's why I come to see you. Here's why I want to be with you. Actually can help him start getting his thinking in order to where he finally realizes, what have I done? I I don't want that anymore. I want my marriage. We have one last call that we're going to go through for today's episode. And we're going to end by talking again about the Valley. Hi, Marriage Helper. Me and my husband have been married for 15 years. We have two young children and we have had a lot of stress lately because of the death of both of my parents and the mother of my husband uh, in the past uh, two years. Since the death of his mother, my husband has changed a lot. He has been in therapy for a year. I thought he was having a depression, but as a matter of fact, he was having an affair with a 10-year younger colleague at work. I discovered this six weeks ago. Um, Then my husband has decided to move out our family home, Um, but he cannot decide whether he wants to have a divorce or whether he wants to go for the affair partner. My question is, what can I do? Uh, What is a good action to do? Kimberly, it sounds like this woman wants to put her marriage back together. It does. But she doesn't know what to do. She doesn't know what to do, which is not uncommon. It's not unusual. Now, the fact that he can't decide between her and that younger woman, we're going to assume that that he is in a limerent relationship. And if you're new to us and don't know about the word limerence, you can find a lot about it on our YouTube channel, youtube.com Marriage Helper, or the website marriagehelper.com. But the fact that he's involved with the young woman, he has at least some vacillation. Based on what she's saying, because it's like, well, but should I stay with my marriage? Should I stay with my children? The valley is whether or not you're going to say to him, no, I'm done. You're out. Or you say to him, why don't we come and talk about this? Now, I have a recommendation here, Kimberly, as we close this out. Rather than making that decision right now based on what we've said throughout this program, and I hope you've listened to everything we've said and listened to it as many times, watched it as many times as you wish, we actually have a 10-week, actually it's a 12-week long program, right? 12 sessions. Yeah, 12, 12 modules, yes. 12 modules, and many people do a module a week, and if they do that, that's that's 12 weeks. Mm-hmm. Where I teach about a thing that we call Save My Marriage, and it's for the individual. It's for you. 
who wants to save the marriage, but the other spouse at this point doesn't know or even has decided that they don't want to. We've had, um, what, thousands of people so far go through that course? Thousands. Thousands of people have been through that program. And, and we hear from them all the time about, boy, I learned this, I learned that, this has been good for me, that's been good for me. And so we would recommend, <clears throat> before you decide what you're going to do next, it's a relatively inexpensive program, and it's very comprehensive. And some other things come with it, right, in addition to the 12 video modules? Yes, they do. There are weekly group support calls with hosted by one of our Marriage Helper Certified Coaches, as well as you get access to a private community of other people who are going through the course as well, and other goodies and bonuses as well. But people can see all of that when they go. You can, again, go in the show notes or go to marriagehelper.com slash save my marriage, and you'll be able to see all of the great things that go with it. Right. Now, if you go through that, and and I realize you say, well, if I go through one session a week, that's 12 weeks. Okay. But 12 weeks, although it may seem like now it's forever, is really a drop in the bucket of time. And then if you want to call back and say, okay, I've learned a lot. Now what do I do? We can give you a much better answer then because you will have had so much information and knowledge that you've accumulated in the meantime. Mm-hmm. Well, Kimberly, we talked a lot about the Valley. I hope that people understand it. I hope that I haven't totally confused them. <laughs> I believe that it is very helpful. What everyone is wanting is a clear path up their hill back to them from their spouse that's in the Valley. And we want to help that happen. And we, we do. I mean, even if you feel like your spouse is wavering, doesn't know what they want, we've helped thousands and thousands of couples in situations where this is the exact yeah. So many thousands of people. I've been doing this for over a quarter of a century. And uh, Kimberly, of course, is not old enough to have been doing this for over a quarter of a century. But most of her adult life, she's been involved in helping us help marriages. and And so... She has a tremendous amount of experience, has her master's degree in psychology, finishing her Ph.D. We have a great team that work with the two of us, and and we would love to help. So give us a call at the toll-free number. Talk to one of our client representatives. They're not counselors. They're not coaches, but they can listen to you and help you find the right resource because we really do want to help. Well, Kimberly, we'll be doing another session pretty soon, another episode of this, right? They're going to be dropping every week. So be sure you subscribe to whatever channel you're listening to this on. If it's on a podcast platform, be sure you subscribe and leave a review because that review helps other people to find us. Mm -hmm. And then as well as if you're on YouTube, be sure you subscribe and leave a comment. We would love to hear your questions about the Valley as we do future episodes. And we would love to engage with you through the comments there. We always love hearing from the people who listen. Yeah. And you'll have a link there on the screen that'll tell you how you can call and ask a question. And often they'll have a a theme like ask questions about the Valley or ask questions about this, that, or the other. But until we can talk to you, (laughs) Dr. Joe Beam, and this is the beautiful Kimberly Holmes, and this is Relationship Radio. We look forward to seeing you again soon. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Relationship Radio. Please refer to the notes in the description to learn more about any resources mentioned in this episode. Remember to like, subscribe, and leave a comment. Please visit our website at marriagehelper.com for more information about our online courses, marriage workshops, and coaching. If you have a question you want to ask Dr. Beam and Kimberly Holmes, follow the link to see which topic is currently up for discussion. We exist to help save marriages and strengthen families. We look forward to interacting with you on the next episode of Relationship Radio.